Friday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. It's over. It's finally over. We'll talk about the last two games in Minnesota. Talk a little bit about Ryan Miller. And there's a couple of questions in the mailbag. What? We'll talk about all of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going? It's a new week. It is Monday. It's the end of the season for the Anaheim Ducks. There's other teams playing tonight. There's other teams playing tomorrow on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and so on. And there's other teams playing beyond that. There will be 16 teams playing beyond that. The Ducks ain't one of them yet again. We'll get to all that. Hi, I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for far too long now. Yeah, can you tell it's... Can you tell us Monday, folks? Can you just tell? Yeah? It's been a long season, folks. Please bear with me. I've covered this team on this network for two seasons. Do you know how many times they've been in the playoffs since I've covered this team? That'd be zero. I know Ducks fans must be feeling a lot of pain. I mean, we'll break down the whole the season as a whole tomorrow It probably needs another day to just kind of regurgitate within. But we'll get to all that tomorrow. First, let's talk about the games that actually happened. And there was two of them that took place in Minnesota. And I gotta say, Dallas Eakins finally did something that we have been begging, begging him to do. You know what it is. You know the hashtag. He finally... Let the kids play! Zegras played. Drysdale played. Mahura played. Terry played. Comtois played. Like, they played in the same line, too. You had a lot of the young guys out there. Yeah! I, I, I think Friday was a fun game. That was fun to watch, right? The Ducks were in it for most of the game, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, the Wilds did need these wins in order to keep pace with the Colorado Avs. And these games were significantly more important to Minnesota than they were to Anaheim. Because at the time, Anaheim had locked up, at the time, the fourth worst record in the NHL. They couldn't finish lower than sixth in the draft. So they figure, okay, so a point won't do anything. That's fine. So what'd they do? They went all out and played. You know who got things going right away? Max Comtois from Trevor Zegras. That is right. Trevor Zegras got his first point of the weekend. Hint, hint. So that made it 1-0 Anaheim. And then Minnesota does what they always do. They score in bunches. Rask scored. Sturm scored. Gibson did not look great in that first period. That was kind of the fault of the Anaheim Ducks on that one. Because guess what happened once again? Their defense bit it. Yeah, the Ducks had that hot first stanza. After that first media, after that second media timeout rather, that's where things just took a complete turn and Minnesota dominated the next 25 minutes. Because they had almost every shot on goal immediately after that. Shots in the first period, were 10-10. Sorry, they were 10-10 even strength. It was 10-10 at the end of that. And then what happened? Minnesota took over after that, even though they were already winning 2-1. So how the hell did that happen? Gibson had a very good game. And guess who happened again? 
Adam Henrique. Yes, the once disgraced Adam Henrique, who was waived. Now he's come on. That was his 12th of the season. Two to two tie. <gasps> Why? This is supposed to be a tank. It's supposed to be a tank. They want that topic. I'm only kidding, of course. Partially kidding. Look, I don't want the Ducks to completely fail. I don't. They're a good young team. And sometimes you just have to tank a little bit. This is the year to do it. Because after maybe the top five picks, the quality of draft picks kind of goes down a little bit steadily. This is not as deep a draft as previous years. And it will not be as deep as next season's. So if this is a year to get a top talent, this is the year. So anyway, 2-2. Two to two. Then both teams traded goals in the third period. Joel Eriksson Eck scored his 19th of the season. And then two minutes after that, from the left side, from Adam Henrique, the Elite 1C. Sorry, the hashtag Elite 1C. Got his 6th of the season. Tying things up at three. And if you were with me in the locker room that night, yeah, it was kind of an exciting game, not gonna lie. The Ducks played a little bit better than I thought at that time. They seemed to come back in the third period. In fact, that third period was kind of evenly played. Shots on goal were 12-8 in favor of the Wilds, but as far as just puck possession, puck control, it was kind of even. In fact, that was the only period where the Ducks out-attempted Minnesota. Shot attempts in that third period were 20-15 to in favor of Anaheim. Where was this all season? Well, one thing happened was that Coach Dallas Eakins just kind of decided, you know what, screw it. Let's just go with what we got and let's just let him roll. Let Volkov roll. Okay, fine. Let Lundestrom roll. Go. Lundestrom had a lot more shifts in the second half of the game. Lundestrom was on the ice a lot more. So was Comtois. Max Jones, he had a lot more shifts. Ricard Raquel, he was out there about the same amount. Sam Carrick played a little bit less. Okay, fine. Sam Steele, he was out there a bit more. Trevor Zegras was out there. Holy cow. Trevor Zegras was out there for the power plays. And you know what? They came damn close. On a power play. They came supremely close to taking the lead and securing the win in Minnesota. It just did not happen. Kakinen was pretty good in goal for the Minnesota Wild. Not going to lie there. So that happened. No goal. We go to overtime. Despite the Ducks actually playing a lot better in that third period. And this was a game where, I'm going to say this, they kind of deserved that win on Friday. When you actually play a pretty decent game, like a decent beginning-to-end hockey game, and you wind up losing, that kind of sucks. So that's what happened on Friday. Because right when overtime started, guess who was the Achilles heel of the Ducks and pretty much the rest of the West once again? <gasps> Kirill Kaprizov with his 27th goal of the season on apples from Spurgeon and Joel Eriksson Ek. 17 seconds in overtime. Kaprizov got the game winning goal in overtime. The Ducks get a point. Minnesota goes on to win 4 3 on what was a very, very vitally important game for the Minnesota Wild. So Kaprizov, I mean, that 
that guy's just really good. Kaprizov is, to me, by far the rookie of the year. I don't think there's any question about that. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission, but I'm sure you guys are aware about Dogecoin possibly going to the moon. If you watched SNL, you probably saw Elon Musk hosting and all that stuff, and there was some Dogecoin talk there. And yeah, there's all this talk about Dogecoin and to the moon and whatnot. But investing can be very complicated. And did you know that Wealthfront can help you out by creating a portfolio of low-cost index funds personalized just for you? And they can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic, just like Kaprizov, but hey, what can you do? Well, you can go to Wealthfront, because they're trusted with over $20 billion worth of assets, and you can get your first 5000 bucks managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. Yeah, you can get your first 5000 that's the highest amount allowable, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the highest amount allowable managed for free. So go to Wealthfront.com forward slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. That's Wealthfront.com and get started today. All right, after the first intermission, We'll talk about Saturday's game. We'll talk about Ryan Miller and all that jazz. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks brought to you by the Locker Room app. Make sure to download the Locker Room app on the iOS store or in beta in the Android or Google store or whatever that's called. And join me later this week and join me on the Locker Room app, which is changing the way we talk sports. So there was one more game that I haven't talked about, and it is the final game of the Anaheim Ducks 2021 campaign. This one got emotional, got very emotional. Which I'm going to talk about right now because on Saturday night, it was Ducks and Wild to close out the season for one team. The two big stories on this game were Kirill Kaprizov, who's trying to get to a landmark 30 goals. But this was really all about Ryan Miller. This would be his final start of the season, the final start of his long and illustrious career. Right away in the first period... Ryan Miller was brought a little bit to, not tears, but he kind of like welled up a little bit as the Minnesota Wild had a wonderful tribute video to him. And I got to say, Minnesota being the state of hockey, they know how to do this. They know how to make a tear-jerking moment, and that was definitely one of them. Great tribute video. So that was after the first TV timeout. Uh, Right after that, Anaheim was just all on emotion. Because Ricard Raquel got his ninth of the season from Josh Mahura and Josh Manson. So the Joshes got the assist on that one, making it 1-0 early on. Jared Spurgeon's goal right after that on the power play. That was a thing of beauty, by the way. So the way this one worked is on the power play, Kevin Fiala 
uh, brought the puck in from the center, got it to Kirill Kaprizov, who was kind of on the right side of Miller, and swooped in with kind of like a vengeance, as if to say, I'm going to shoot the puck right now. And he ended up doing like a little bit of a hitch and faked out Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller committed thinking that Kaprizov was going to shoot, not pass, because Kaprizov tends to shoot, not pass. That's just a tendency. But Kaprizov faked like he was going to shoot it and passed it right to Jared Spurgeon for his seventh of the season to tie the game at one. Yeah, Kaprizov just owned Miller on this game, and that is a perfect example of it. Perfect goal by, or yeah, perfect goal by Spurgeon, but just a tremendous pass by Kaprizov making it 1-1. And then in the second period, Kaprizov did it again. Kaprizov totally had Ryan Miller committed and passed it to Ryan Hartman, who was all alone his seventh of the season as well. That made it 2-1 Minnesota. This game was really about Kaprizov, but it was also about Miller as well. Kaprizov has the capability to make the perfect pass when he chooses to. Kaprizov has gotten better on his passing game as the season has worn on. And that was the perfect example of that. I cannot speak enough about Kaprizov. I think he's going to win the Calder easily. I think these last two games cemented it. This one certainly helped his causes because that's another multi-point game for Kirill Kaprizov. His 24th assist of the season. He's got over 50 points in the season now as a rookie. That's good. Then Nick Bonino, just a minute after that, he scored his 10th. So it's 3-1 to one Minnesota. Yeah, it, it happened so fast. I kind of thought, well, that's one way for Miller to go out. Yeah, that wasn't fun. And then the kids came to play. The kids really, really came to play because that's where the kid line pulled through. Jamie Drysdale on an open pass to Max Comtois who found an even more open Trevor Zegras for his third of the season, his second point of the weekend, to make it 3-2. to two. Only a few minutes later, on a filthy pass once again from Comtois, Trevor Zegras had a golden opportunity. I mean, Trevor Zegras was wide open on the right side. And this came on a power play for the Ducks. It was a hooking penalty against Jonas Brodin. So this was the first and only power play for the Ducks. They came into the game last place in power play percentage. So even one goal would inch them closer to 30th as far as power play goes. And boy, they came super close because Trevor Zegras had a lot of open net on the right side, and he just drilled that shot. It looked like he got almost all of it. Almost all of it. But here comes Cam Talbot rushing in with that pristine lateral movement to his left, and he had a miraculous save, a complete robbery of Trevor Zegras. That would have been his third point of the weekend, and that would have tied things up at three, but... A wonderful save by Talbot. Zegras, he just got robbed. He got really freaking robbed. So guess what that meant? No power play goal. The Ducks would go 0 for 1 on the power play. 
to cement their last place power play percentage. Yippee. After that, however, the Ducks managed to score with the goalie pulled. So Miller was pulled. The Ducks did everything. I mean everything in their power to get Ryan Miller that last victory. And with 25 and a half seconds left, it looks like they did that. Or at the time, it looked like they did that. Troy Terry to Ricard Raquel to Max Comtois. His 16th goal of the season to tie things up at three goals apiece. And you could just see the look on everyone's face. They were celebrating like nobody's business. They knew they wanted to get this win for Ryan Miller. So that tied things up at three. And we went into overtime. In this overtime, it looked like the Ducks didn't have a huge advantage at first. Really, in overtime, it was Getzloff, Lundestrom, and Fowler. They started things up. Okay, that was fine and all that. But then, Drysdale, Zegris, and Comtois. They were the next ones out there. And Dallas Eakins finally decided to let the kids play. Okay, no goal there, but the Ducks did have, I mean, they didn't really have their chances on that one, but the Ducks did get a couple of shot attempts on that one, and in fact, they got what I thought was a very good shot with that kid line out there, just did not pull through. And then coming the other way, we had the new line of Josh Manson, Troy Terry, and Max Jones. So another kid line. That line did not work out so well because in overtime, Victor Rask blistered a shot right by Ryan Miller. And that, unfortunately, was the game. Ducks lost 4-3 in overtime. It did not go to a shootout. We came kind of close. We were only maybe two minutes away from going into a shootout. And that would have been the epic way to end the career of Ryan Miller for him to get the shootout win. But that fast shot just went right past him. And oh boy, that that was just all kinds of emotional on both sides. You have the Minnesota Wild winning that enormous game and possibly still going for that number two seed. That was huge for them. And then on the other side, you see Ryan Miller and all the players coming up to him. And I'll talk more about that after I talk a little bit about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land that come in several fantastic flavors, including raspberry, cherry barcia, mint brownie, cookies and cream, among others. They taste like a candy bar. They're made with 100% real chocolate. They're only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and hey, They're packed with 17 grams of protein. Very healthy for you. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. We're going to talk a little bit more about Ryan Miller and get to our mailbag question. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, your trusted online sportsbook 
with every sport out there, including MLB, Major League Soccer, the NBA, and of course the National Hockey League entering its last week of play, except for a few teams here and there, including the Anaheim Ducks. But hey, you could still bet on the rest of the regular season games happening, and the playoffs are fast approaching. So go to betonline.ag right now, use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. So immediately after that last goal was scored, everybody in the Anaheim roster just skated right up to Ryan Miller and just consoled him, gave him lots of hugs. I mean, they felt bad because they could not get him that victory, and you could tell that the entire Ducks roster was disappointed by that. And you could tell that this game meant a lot to Ryan Miller. He wanted to get that last win in front of his parents, in front of a couple other friends he had there. He wanted to get that win for everybody. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. At least it was an overtime loss and not a regulation loss, right? We'll talk more about his illustrious career on tomorrow's podcast. But I just want to talk more about the emotion of everything that happened after the game. Every single Ducks player came up to him. And then immediately after that, there was already a line of players waiting on the other side, just waiting to shake his hand, give him his kudos. The entire Minnesota Wild roster was lined up, just wanting to shake his hands, congratulate him on a tremendous career, wishing him a happy retirement. And there were a few players that spoke to him for more than a few seconds. That whole thing was cool. And at that point, you could tell that Ryan Miller was trying to keep everything in. And he just he just couldn't do it. I mean, he was already welling up at that point. Uh, his parents were welling up in the crowd. Everyone in the crowd gave him a standing ovation. And it is a well-deserved standing ovation to one of the greats in the NHL, Ryan Miller. Uh, once again, the all-time winningest goalkeeper amongst American-born goalkeepers. That, once again, is Ryan Miller. Just having everybody come out was amazing. But then having his parents come down to where he was, and this is the moment that got a lot of people. As you saw Ryan Miller talking with his parents after the game, and he was already kind of tearing up. And then there was that moment where he just broke down and let it all out, and he just was consoled by his mom and dad, and you could see the body language. Like he he was legitimately crying, like he he was crying. He was really sad that you know his career is over, and yes, he's looking forward to the next part, the next chapter in his life. But you know it, it's over now, like that part of his life is over, and there is a finality to it. And he does close the chapter on his hockey playing career. But that doesn't make it any less sad for him. And yeah, him showing that kind of emotion, that shows his character. That shows what kind of person he is. And I mean, did I well up a little bit? Yeah, I welled up a little bit. Just a little bit. Because it was that emotional and it was that sad. Oh man. So once again... Huge congratulations to Ryan Miller. We wish you all the best success with your post-hockey career. All right, so I did have one mailbag question, just one, 
And it's a pretty simple one. This question happened to also be asked in the locker room on Friday. And my opinion on this hasn't changed a whole lot. So uh, just the one question. And it says, is it possible that Dallas Eakins might be fired during the offseason? If so, who are some likely candidates that could replace Dallas Eakins? So this might be a little bit early to ask this question because the NHL season isn't near over yet. It's only over for a small handful of teams. There could be more firings as far as the second part of that question. The first part, do I think Dallas Eakins will not be hit? I mean, okay. He's not had a good couple of years. Fans have been asking for his head ever since benching Trevor Zegers. I mean, they were kind of a little bit upset about his coaching during February. Once Zegers came up, there was a little bit of hope. This was also right after the Ducks had lost nine in a row and fans were already growing weary. Once Zegers got benched, that's where everybody said, fire him, fire him, fire his ass. Nope, they kept him on for the rest of the season and it might be it might be the rest of the season. I mean, this is the same exact thing that happened in Edmonton, where he had a couple of not-so-great seasons and ended up getting fired. And I think he had a year left on his contract then, too, or he may have had a year left on his contract. Uh, this time, he still only has one year left. We've seen coaches fired with more than that left on their contracts. More than that. One year, that's not going to be too huge of an impact. So... I I could see it. I could see Dallas Eakins getting the axe during the offseason. If I'm going to put a percentage on this, I'm going to say it's a 60% chance as of right now that Dallas Eakins is let go. And if that's the case, I would say uh, Gerard Gallant would not be a horrible choice to replace Eakins if he is let go. Gallant does do well with newer teams. And this is kind of going to be a newer team because I don't know if Getzloff's going to come back. Uh, the post-game interview, Getzloff kind of sounded a little bit cryptic as to if he's coming back or not. And I don't even think he's sure. And it technically still isn't the offseason yet. I mean, the NHL still has games to go up until next weekend. So with that said, do I think he's going to get fired I would say yeah I'd say more likely he'd get fired than not and that's who I think would be a pretty decent choice for him to be replaced so that was the question in the mailbag thank you for that um, I might do a couple more mailbags during the offseason before the draft lottery but before we head off I want to let you know what's coming up in this week of programming tomorrow we'll talk about the draft lottery a little bit and we will have our official season in review, or as I'm going to call it, season by the numbers. Yep, that's what I'm going to call it. It will be a season by the numbers. You might not like it, but I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you how this season went just by the numbers alone. That's it. Maybe not as much emotion, but I'm just going to go through it step by step, number by number. So once again, that is tomorrow's podcast, Season by the Numbers. Wednesday is going to be a goals podcast. It's going to be a minor league podcast, the first one of the week. And the reason for that is because minor league hockey is still happening right now. Uh, the goals are not done yet. And hey, 
If you want to see more Trevor Zegris, more Jamie Drysdale, more of Sam Carrick, more of Josh Mahura, guess what? They're not done yet. Their season isn't over yet. We're going to see most, if not all, of those guys come back down to San Diego this week. They still have some games left. So Wednesday will be our goals podcast. We'll talk about players returning to the roster. And we'll talk a little bit about playoffs for the minor leagues and where that could all shape shake up. Thursday, we're going to have a draft lottery update, maybe. But we're definitely going to have a playoff preview for the rest of the league. Because by Thursday, we should have all 16 teams figured out. We do not have that figured out yet. We should by Thursday. And we're going to look at some of the former Ducks that are playing in the playoffs this season. And Friday, we're going to have a special AHL crossover. That's all I'm going to say. You'll have to tune in on Friday to figure out what that's all about. So be sure to tune in and make sure you are following the Locked on Ducks podcast on Apple Podcast, which should be working by the end of the week, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and check us out on the new Odyssey app, which is spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. Once again, that's the new Odyssey app. Join that and look up Locked on Ducks on there. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated, and I appreciate all of you for following along, and I appreciate you for coming on the locker room. We had a good time on Friday, and we will do it again later this week. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a tremendous rest of the week. Please be safe out there, wear a mask, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together.